Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us this opportunity to just separate ourselves from the things of the world and the things in our lives and just spend a few moments with you. Thank you that you're willing to come and meet with us. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of our doubts, you come alongside and you hold us. And we pray, Father, this morning that you would speak to us and open us up to you, that we might celebrate your love, uh, that we might hear your voice, and that we might follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. We're going to continue uh, this post-Easter fallout idea. Uh, you know, after Easter, there's this big high at Easter, and then after Easter, there's the oh, back to the humdrum of life. And, and last week, we talked about um, uh, handling snakes. So if you missed that, you'll have to listen to it. I mean, we had a great time passing the snakes around, and, uh, you know, we missed you. Um, you, you have to check that out on the podcast uh, if you missed that. Um, and we talked about how when you, when you believe in the resurrection, then all things are possible. All things are possible. And this morning we're going to talk about the struggle we sometimes have after the resurrection when it comes to doubts. And hence you heard a little bit about doubts here this morning on the countdown timer. Now, in our scripture passage this morning, what's happened is the two guys on the road to Emmaus, you remember they ran into Jesus or Jesus showed up and they're downcast and he shares with them uh, what was supposed to happen and and how he fulfilled everything that the scripture says. And they stopped, they didn't recognize him, they stopped to eat. And when he broke the bread, all of a sudden they recognized him. You remember that story? And they came back and they talked to the disciples. And in verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 36, um, of chapter 24 we read while they were still talking about this Jesus himself stood among them and said peace be with you they were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost he said to them why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds look at my hands and my feet it is I myself touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he said to them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. You may be seated. It's uh, exciting to me that uh, following that Easter morning, um, that wasn't the end. 
Um, you know, when Jesus stepped out of the tomb, he didn't step out of the tomb and then go to glory, and that was it. As a matter of fact, the Scripture tells us that for 40 days, he hung around on the earth. He kept showing up. Uh, can you imagine what that would have been like? So you're, you're hanging around, and uh, you know, you're just doing what you always do, and all of a sudden, Jesus is there. Uh, what do you do with that? I mean, you know, uh, there he is again. Oh, there he is again. Uh, and every time he showed up, they were amazed. Again. Now, uh, we, we would, uh, I, I should say I, I shouldn't say we, because I don't know how you feel about that. But I read that and I think, well, after a while, wouldn't you just kind of expect him to show up? I mean, after a while, you know, hey, Jesus keeps showing up, so, hey, he might show up. You kind of anticipate that. Hey, Jesus might actually show up. And every time he shows up, they're like, oh, look, it's Jesus. And I would say that and be convinced that it's so out of character, except that I realize that every time Jesus shows up in my life, I do the exact same thing. Wow! You won't believe what Jesus did today! And everybody should look at you and say, well, of course I believe it. What do you mean? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I believe that? And because I don't anticipate that, and because we don't expect that, then things begin to happen in our lives, and frequently the doubts begin to arise. The what-ifs. The could-it-really-be-true. The questions that begin to fill our minds and uh, as the uh, the gentleman who shared with us in the, in the countdown timer, uh, those questions begin to flood, flood our souls and our lives. And I, of course, I know all of you here came and you're all good Christian followers of Jesus Christ, so those doubts just never happened to you. But I'll have you know that those doubts arise in my life more often than I care to admit. When life gets difficult, when questions arise, when struggles come into my life, I would like to say to you that I stand firm in the faith, but I know that many times those questions begin to nag at my soul and those doubts begin to arise. Am I alone here? I know all you good Christians, you don't, you don't have that problem, but... That's what I like about church, right? We put on the mask, we all come in, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> because we all struggle. And I would guess that we all still have some doubts in our lives. So I looked this week for a, question about, or for a story about doubting because I really wanted a powerful story. <clears throat> and I couldn't find one. Except for that one story that we always think of when we think about doubting. And that's all about doubting Thomas. How'd you know? He's got a bad rap. He really does. He, he didn't have the, the gospel to explain. He had the Word of God, though. And it's pretty clear in there if you're willing to look at it. Hey, what's interesting to me about 
Doubting Thomas is. We point the finger at Doubting Thomas. But did you notice in this morning's passage that the rest of them were doubting just as much as Thomas? Thomas wanted to see him. If I could only see him, put my fingers in his hands, you know, put my hand in his side, then I'll believe. But it wasn't just Thomas. It was all the rest of them. Jesus looks at him and says, why do doubts rise in your minds? And those doubts come. And Jesus keeps showing up and those doubts still come. Isn't that amazing? I believe in this morning's passage, Jesus is trying to help them see that they can move beyond their doubts. That they can move to a place where their doubts do not control them. Rather, their doubts become, their doubts are overcome by Jesus. You remember when he shows up? The first thing they think, and I think this is interesting because this is not the first time they've thought that, you remember. The first thing they think is they say, oh, uh, he must be, uh, what do they say? Uh, A ghost. He must be a ghost, they say. I I think that's interesting. Remember when he was walking on the water and they looked out and they saw him walking on the water? What did they say? It's a ghost. Why do they think he's a ghost? You you know, a ghost is supposed to be uh, a human being who has died and their spirit is still moving through the world, which I think is really fascinating. Did you ever notice when you watch uh, ghosts on TV or in the movies, they frequently have clothes on? Did you ever think about that? That's so they can be on TV. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny always has an answer. That's so they can be on TV. Ah, yes. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> It's interesting to me how quickly we believe in ghosts. And of course, all the stories tell us that ghosts are real, right? Because uh, after all, Casper was the friendly ghost. And, and we all know Casper was real because we saw it in the movies. And it's probably on the internet. It's got to be real. And my favorite, Ghostbusters. Now there's a movie for you. The green slime and all. Now there, uh, obviously ghosts have to be real. Or if you really want to go a step further, there are a number of people who have been in this congregation who may still be here, some who may be present this morning, that will tell you there's a ghost in the church. (laughs) And I laugh because, you know, I've been here at all hours of the night. (laughs) There is the Holy Ghost. That's the only ghost that's available here. Thank you, Dave. Steal my thunder. Man, I'll tell you what. This is a tough crowd. <laughs> yeah. I want you to know, first of all, ghosts are not real. You hear me? Ghosts are not real. We, we think of ghosts because we see them in the movies. And, and, and the ghosts are coming to scare us, to, to fill us with fear. But, but that's not what Jesus is about. And, and so the, these things build our fear, and the fear begins to build our doubts. And then we doubt what we see, and we doubt ourselves, and we doubt the truth. You see, Jesus was not a ghost. Jesus was a resurrected human being in a body. Did you catch that? 
Jesus even said, you ever think about this? Jesus says, I am flesh and bone. Do you ever stop and think about that? We talk about the resurrected body, and, and we sometimes talk about this body that's somehow ethereal, and obviously it's different than our body, but it still has flesh and bone. Did you catch that? Jesus is alive, not dead. That's the point. You see, ghosts are dead that have come back somehow. But Jesus has died and come back to life because He never died spiritually. He is still alive and He's got a new body. Look at this. In Job it says this, a cloud disappears and vanishes away. So he who goes down to the grave, listen carefully, does not come up. He shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him anymore. There's no such thing as ghosts. Jesus came back in his resurrected body to prove to us the resurrection. When Lazarus was resurrected from the dead, did he come back as a ghost? He came back as a human being. There's no such thing as ghosts. Ghosts play upon our fear. Jesus comes and the first thing He says is what? Peace. Peace be with you. Peace. That's a whole different concept. Peace. When you run into Jesus in this world, you run into peace, not fear. The idea of ghosts is to make you afraid. Fear brings gives birth to doubt but peace brings I'm getting ahead of myself peace gives birth to assurance see when Jesus comes into your life he comes to bring peace into your life so that when the doubts arise you can say you can look at those doubts and say, those don't really make sense because I know who Jesus is. And His peace is what is my life is all about. You know, fears are frequently not real. Did you ever catch that? As a matter of fact, I might suggest to you that in Christ, fears really are not real at all. Because if Christ walks with us, then what should we be afraid of? The psalmist said, if God be for me, who could stand against me? I always think of Lazarus when they decide they want to kill Lazarus too because Jesus raised him from the dead. I love that image. Can you imagine Lazarus? You want to kill me? Go ahead. Been there, done that. It's all good. I'm not afraid, you see. I have peace. And Jesus has come to bring peace into our lives. And one of the reasons doubts arise is because we've lost that peace that He has for us. And that peace comes in His presence, doesn't it? And as we, as we walk with Jesus in His presence, we find that peace. The problem is we frequently think we can walk it alone. We don't need God. I can do it on my own. And when we try to do that, we find ourselves in situations that become very scary because there are situations we cannot control. But He who rose again from the dead can control every situation and we can walk with Him through them with perfect peace. And as we begin to do that, the doubts begin to fly. You see, He was flesh and blood and He walked into the disciples' rooms and he met with them, and he offered them his peace. 
He offered them his peace. I love this picture. Uh, because I, I love to think of Jesus with a big smile on his face. And, and you may remember, right, there was the storm on the water. You see he's in the ship there. He's got the fishing nets there. You remember he's, they're on the water and the storm comes up. And Jesus, what's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. I like Jesus. He's taking a nap. You see, it's biblical. Just saying. He's taking a nap. And the disciples are all afraid. What are they afraid of? Well, if you listen to what they say, they say, the, the storm is so great, the ship is floundering, we're going to sink. These are fishermen. They knew if they were going to sink, that's what was going to happen. They were going to sink. So they finally wake Jesus up. And Jesus gets up and he simply rebukes the storm and everything's calm and the disciples are looking at each other saying, what were we so afraid of after all? And Jesus looks at him and says, what's the problem? <laughs> and you see what happens in your life is you get all wound up in the fear of what's happening. And you forget that the one who can calm the storm is in your life. And he wants to give you that peace. See, the disciples doubted that they could make it through the storm. They were going to sink. They doubted that Jesus could do anything. They woke him up to help bail, for heaven's sakes. And Jesus calmed the storm. It's amazing when we find the peace of the resurrection. If Jesus rose again from the dead, then he can do anything. And we can put our trust in him. Second thing he says to them, he says, look at my hands and my feet. Look at my hands and my feet. He said, of course, when, we, we know from the other Gospels that when they look at his hands, they see the nail, nail marks in his hands and, and in his feet. And of course, those marks show and prove that Jesus loves them, right? Because those are marks that show that he was willing to suffer for them, that he was willing to give his all for them, for you and for me, because he loves us that much. It's incredible that he was willing to go through all that to save us, to forgive us, to allow us to have that peace that he offers. He walked through all of that for us. And in his risen body, those marks are still there to remind us of his incredible love. And yet still there are times in our lives when suffering happens, when we begin to ask the question, I hear it all the time, if God loves me, why? Have you ever asked that question? And the doubt begins to arise. Does God really love me? Because if He loved me, certainly He wouldn't allow me to go through this struggle that I'm facing right now. And we begin to believe the lie. You remember the lie, don't you? Happened way back in the Garden of Eden. I want you to think about that a minute as they were in the garden there and the serpent comes to Eve. And he says to Eve, surely God didn't say you couldn't eat from any tree of the garden. You see, he just made it crazy. And, and Eve rightly says, no, God said we could eat from any tree of the garden. We just couldn't eat from this tree, the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And Satan says to her, you know why God doesn't want you to eat from that tree? Because if you eat from that tree, you will be like God knowing the difference between good and evil. You remember that? I want you to think about that a minute. 
you will be like God. Stop a minute and think about that. Do you realize they were already like God? Don't you remember in Genesis chapter 1? God created them in His image and in His likeness. They were already like God. And Satan's trying to tell them, you, you could be like God. Well, wait a minute. Eve should have said, no, no, I'm already like God. I don't have to eat from that to be like God. But Satan had placed that little bit of doubt in her mind. Does God really create you in His image? The neat thing is God creates every person in this world in His image. Do you get that? And in His likeness. Not just believers. Not just those who follow Him or believe in Him. He creates everybody in His likeness. And we go around thinking we've got to be somebody else. Same is true when it comes to suffering. You see, when it comes to suffering, God has already told you that He loves you. And He proved that by giving His Son to you. That will never change. His love is clear. It will never change. So when suffering comes into your life, it's not a question of whether God loves you or not. God has already proved His love for you. And when Satan whispers into your ear, see, God doesn't really love you. Talk back to him and say, that's not true at all. God proved his love for me by dying on the cross for me. And that will never change, despite the suffering in your life. God never promised that you wouldn't go through suffering. As a matter of fact, he promises that someday you will suffer. What he promises is that his love will go with you through the suffering. And one of the most powerful things about being a follower of Jesus Christ is he not only walks with us through the suffering, but he promises to get us to the other side where there's joy. The psalmist put it this way, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You see, it's not just uh, suffering for suffering's sake, it's suffering awaiting the joy that Christ has for you. The scripture even says that Jesus went through the suffering he endured in the cross, Hebrews chapter 12, 2, so that he could experience the joy of being at the right hand of God. So when doubts arise, remember that God loves you. That will never change. And Satan will try to convince you that you're not loved, that you're not worthy, that you're not able. And hear Jesus say, I love you, and because I love you, all things are possible. You could even have life. You could even have life. Even in the midst of suffering, you could have life. Because you are loved. When we struggle with our doubts, draw from the peace of God. And remind yourself you, you are loved. And then finally, he says this, and I love this. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. Now, the only way you can be a witness is to have experienced, right? Uh, they don't ask people about an a accident who heard about it in the news, right? The, unless they're taking a poll, right, Kenny? Which happens way too often, right? They don't, they don't ask someone who heard from someone else who heard from someone else what happened in the, in the robbery, right? 
Who do they want to talk to? They want to talk to a witness. Someone who experienced. The, the other day, a guy, I can't remember where it was, uh, was robbed. Uh, and the, the robber had this gun pointed right at his head. And you'd have thought the guy uh, was just making change. It was amazing. <laughs> he opens the, the register and he just starts handing out the cash. He doesn't look nervous. He doesn't look upset. He's just handing out the cash. The guy's there with a gun right at his head. I mean, almost up to his forehead. And he's just handing out the cash like it's nothing. I'm like, holy cow. And you know who they wanted to talk to, the police, when the robber left? Well, I suppose the guy who's handing out the cash has a pretty good idea what the guy with the gun looked like. Because he was face to face. Listen very carefully. You can't be a witness to the forgiveness of God and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ if you have not experienced that forgiveness yourself. And one of the things that brings doubt into our lives is the guilt of our past that we just hang on to. And we decide we're not worthy because we have done something wrong. And we forget, or we, we either forget or we don't allow Jesus to come in and forgive that spot. But Jesus died to pay the price for that. He died to forgive that so you didn't have to carry that around. So that you could be forgiven. So that you could be set free. So that you could walk through without a doubt knowing that Jesus loves you, died for you, and rose again from the dead so that you might be saved, forgiven, have eternal life. And when you believe in that, when you've experienced that, then the doubts begin to fly fly away. Because when you've come face to face with Jesus, then all those other things, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, begin to fall away because Jesus looks at you and says, you're my child. You're one of mine. And what's neat about that is when you allow Jesus to forgive you, when you allow him to take those things away from you, then your life begins to change because you don't live in doubt and guilt anymore. You now live believing all things are possible. Think a minute about the disciples following Jesus' ascension. Now that they've seen him over and over again, some incredible things began to happen. You remember? Uh, Peter and John are walking down the road. There's a, a guy who's lame asking them for money. Peter looks at him and says, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man got up and walked. Amazing things begin to happen. People like jailers who threw them in jail heard of the, of the love of Jesus as they sang glorious hymns to him and worshipped him. And the, the jailer comes in. He doesn't get it. And there's an earthquake. And the doors are open. The jailer wakes up and he runs in expecting them all to be gone. And they're all still there. And why are they still there? Because they like jail. Jail's a nice place. You know, you can sit and and behind bars, and you know, you might get a meal once in a while. And yeah, no, they're still there because they realize there's a chance for them. 
to share the love of God with the jailer. Now you always want to get out of the situation because you're afraid of what will happen if you stay too long. Maybe they'll keep you. But Jesus called these disciples to believe that all things were possible. So they sit there in jail praising God. They don't want to leave because they're so excited about what God's doing. And they think that perhaps the jailer will come running in looking and they share with him the love of Jesus. And the scripture says he and his whole household were baptized that day. They all put their faith in Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Because they believed because God had taken away their doubts. He had offered them forgiveness, and that forgiveness had changed them. He had proved His love for them, and that love had changed them. He had stepped into their lives and gave them peace, and that peace had changed them. What about you? Where do you doubt? Maybe there's something coming up in your life and you, you've been struggling because you don't know where it's going to go and, and the fear has begun to build. Maybe you're having a hard time sleeping at night. Remember that if you're a follower of Jesus, He leads you. He walks with you. He offers you His peace. This morning... If you would open yourself up to it. Maybe this morning you're struggling in a relationship and you're doubting whether God really wants you to keep working on this relationship. And you, you've been struggling back and forth and you don't, you don't know what to do. And this person maybe isn't treating you all the best. And maybe you feel like you're not really worthy to be loved anymore. I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much that He gives His life for you. And when He looks at you, if you're His follower, he, he looks at you like His child. And this morning, He wants to wipe that doubt away and let you know that you are loved because when you are loved, then you can stand in a relationship and offer love with the right boundaries, with the right grace. Maybe this morning... You've been struggling with something you did a long, long time ago. And you keep thinking to yourself, there's just no way. It's too awful. It's too bad. I, I, I think of Paul. You remember Paul? He went around killing people. And Jesus forgave him. I can tell you right now that Jesus will forgive you if you would be willing to repent. Tell him you're sorry. That's all you got to do. Tell him you're sorry. And he'll step in. And he'll take that guilt away. And he'll remind you that you're his child. And then nothing is impossible for you. Where are your doubts? Would you give them to Jesus this morning? Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that you offer us your peace and we ask this morning that your peace would fill us. We pray for those who are sitting around us. We pray, Lord, that they would know your peace today. And that if they don't know your peace, that this morning they would step forward and, and conquer that fear of stepping out of the pew 
and believe so much in you that they would step forward and say, I I need your peace. And they would come to you in a physical sense, not just a spiritual sense, but this morning they would come to you and ask for your peace. And Lord, we pray that your peace would descend upon them. We pray for those, Lord, who came this morning feeling unloved. Maybe they're facing great struggle and are suffering greatly, maybe physically, emotionally, even spiritually. And they've been asking why. And maybe even questioning if you love them. This morning, Lord Jesus, may your love fall upon them. May they come and let us pray with them that they might experience that love and that grace, be drawn closer to you. We pray this morning, Lord, for those who sit around us who who are walking around with a heavy load. We pray this morning, Lord, that they drop that heavy load and realize your grace is sufficient to take it away, that you want to forgive them. Maybe this morning, Lord Jesus, for the first time, they realize that your love, your peace, and your grace is available to them. And they've had all kinds of questions about tomorrow or about yesterday or even about today. And this morning they hear through all those questions that you just want to be a part of their lives. This morning, Lord, we pray that they would step out of the pew and make their way to the front and ask you to come into their lives that they might know that peace, that love, that forgiveness, that joy that you offer us. So this morning, Lord, we we come before you and we offer our lives unto you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.